Oh, man. You know the fucking problem with losses like that is when you stay out all night and your wife makes you go to brunch the next morning, the pain doesn't go away for two days. RGB3, how you doing? Oh, by the way, welcome to the Surly Horns podcast. A podcast for losers or people that are mad or I don't even know. I don't even know what to feel anymore. At this point, I'm numb. You know, I've been I've been a Texas fan for all 33 years of my existence, and it's it's never gotten easier. <laughs> we had we had a Fuck! run. <laughs> we had a run, and then I thought we were back on that run um, for the, for a full half of football. I thought I will bring on Bama. I think those words came out of my mouth at one point. Um, where and then the wheels just came off, and the, the worst part is I, I don't, don't know that the wheels really didn't come how. off, right? I, 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 we'll get into it. We're not going to start off talking about the game. We're going to talk about the end. We might not talk about it at things, all, but we have to. Yeah. We have to. We have to to start here. But I don't think the wheels came off. I just I think that uh, there was there were some brakes applied. Yep. And, and but, yeah, I think there was some breaks applied, and I think it was just you can literally dial it back to if one of like eight things goes our way, we win the game. Like just one of eight, and they got every single break possible in that second half. And I'll save a full rant for the refs here shortly because get me out of this garbage fucking conference with your shitty refs. But the most important thing. thing. Most important thing to recognize is that OU still fucking sucks. And we're coming for you motherfuckers in December. Rematch, bitch. It, we're running it back. We are running this back. I've never felt more confident in our life. You you guys are going to be able to listen to, to Nathan Hatter's um, uh, interview with us here shortly as well. And he said basically the exact if you're same a Burn, thing. If you're a Burn End subscriber, if, if you you're pay Burn players, End, which, you'll be able to listen to If you're to not... If you're, if not, you're, you're a fucking puta. So, um, yeah, if you're not, you hope though you win. Fuck you. Facts. Facts. You, you saw, Hey, if, if you like five-star tight ends committing to you, like Jaleel Skinner, it, that's on you. Non burn ends subscribers, zero reason. It's cheaper than your Netflix subscription. You bitch. All right. So let's talk about the weekend in its totality, at least for me. So, uh, I had a, a very long weekend, so we drove up on Friday, uh, and my wife thought that she was going to make a separate family trip with her and my two-year-old in Fort Worth while I was doing whatever I was doing in Dallas, and so I rode up with my wife and then had to figure out how I was going to get to Dallas because the, the TRE is a great option if you're okay with being on whatever schedule. I wasn't necessarily okay with being on whatever schedule because I had a, a happy hour bar tab thingy majigger that I was paying for that I had to go start at 5 p.m. So we get in, we roll in to Fort Worth around 3 p.m. Um, I Uber to my parents' house. I borrow one of their extra cars that is just not, it's just barely functional. <laughs> <laughs> There's all, all the lights are on. Uh, the steering is loose. The brakes, uh, you have to make sure that you pump the brakes. So all that gas, no brakes. pressure in the brake lines. You, you don't even need brakes. All gas, no brakes. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, you know, I get from Fort Worth uh, all the way to Dallas, uh, land at my buddy's house who I'm staying with, and uh, throw my shit in there, then hop in an Uber and get from uptown over to Lee Harvey's. And so that is a, a way more stressful than it needs to be. So I'm running a million miles an hour. I'm kind of hot by the time I get to Lee Harvey's. Um, Knox Tennessee Horn is there with his daughter, who is of age. She's not like a little girl. And they were drinking beers. And I went and, and opened the tab and immediately just ordered a, a Shinerbach and while we were standing there, like talking through things and like what the rules for the bar tab and stuff were, I just chugged the shiner and I was like, I'll have another one. <laughs> they were like, okay. Yeah. Like, you should order two to begin with. That's down. a lucky move. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and I hadn't eaten all day. I ordered some tacos from there. Um, I had dinner plans. I was going to leave and go to dinner, but then 
those got messed up and and Lee Harvey's has food. So I was like, fuck it. I'll eat. I'm hungry. And then, right, I just got trashed at Lee Harvey. And we did a great job. So I told him to tell me when it got to 400 because uh, I was going to tip 100 and, and get the first 500. And we hit 400. I'm, I'm really happy with the group this year. Instead of pussing out like years before, it takes us a long time to do that. Um, people were getting rowdy and drinking hard. And by about 7.45, uh, we had we had done that. And then I was like, keep it going, right? We're going to 800. And so uh, by the time, I mean, everybody's canceling dinner plans, staying later, uh, you know, everything's, beer's flowing by the, um, the bucket. So we were just getting buckets of whatever beer. And whenever one bucket would run out and somebody would be like, I need a beer, we'd like tell them to go fetch a bucket on the tab. And uh, so there was just buckets flowing and it was a good time had by all. Thanks everybody that came out to that. It's not very much fun when nobody comes out. It's a lot of fun when a lot of people come out and uh, we had a lot of people turn out and it was, a, it was a lot of fun. So did, did the bar tab beat that, Arkansas though? Uh, no, Arkansas no, had no, been no, way no, bigger. Because no, no, <laughs> that yeah. was insane. Um, so yeah, so crazy. But we did have some guys from the Arkansas bar tab come. Um, and they came with their spouses and I met them and yeah, it was fun. So the, the bar tabs apparently work, right? There's, there's new Surly posters. They're all subscribed to the burn ends because they like to pay players and they believe in what we're doing. Um, and it was a good time had by all. So after that, we kind of shut it down around 1030 or so and headed to deep Ellum, which was probably a mistake. Because I was already shit-faced, right? I was, um, for some reason, sipping tequila for, like, the last oh, two God. hours at Lee Harvey. And oh, uh, me and me and Eric Nolan had a nice sidebar conversation for probably 20, 30 minutes. And uh, I was hammered, hammered drunk during all of that. Um, but, you know, keep, keep – stay tuned. We're going to be uh, – probably doing some stuff with inside Texas. That's fun and exciting. Um, and I hope everybody likes it. But so we go and we go to twilight in deep Ellum and twilight in deep Ellum has these coffee frozen drinks. They're like frozen Irish coffees, that's but how they're very strong, right? They're, they're very, <laughs> very strong. Um, and, uh, I got one of those and they were, you know, they're delicious and it was kind of crowded and I was very drunk and somebody, you know, maybe nobody shoulder checked me and I just dumped this fucking mostly full coffee drink all over this dude's white sneakers. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I was like, <laughs> uh, you know, because most people were like, oh, I'll buy you a drink or like whatever. I was like, no, dude, like, give me your Venmo. I'll just buy you a new pair of fucking sneakers. Like, it's not <laughs> Here's cool. your shoes. They're uh, Yeezys. Yeah, $10,000 Yeezys. Surprisingly, surprisingly, this guy was super nice. And he was like, dude, no, don't worry about it. I don't even, it doesn't matter. It like doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to fucking let you tell me that more than once. Cause like, you may change your mind when you figure out your <laughs> There's your chance. Later on. Yeah. So then we go out back and um, I'm, you know, drinkless. And so I didn't get my pick-me-up of the coffee, so I'm just trashed. And uh, at this point, I am rocking the iPhone for picture purposes. And I have my other phone, which actually has my SIM card in it. Uh, but I had that uh, with a Wi-Fi hotspot on so that I could just use the iPhone for stuff. And then, I, you know, it just became very difficult to order an Uber. <laughs> So, <laughs> Friday night in Dallas, you know, a deep Ellum's not no, going to be. No, I was just paralyzed deep. by. I was just paralyzed by. I didn't know. I was so drunk. I didn't know which phone to use. And so oh, I handed God. my iPhone to my friends while I was trying to order an Uber on my account on my other phone. It was a mess. Anyway, ended up getting an Uber. Got got to where I was staying. Uh, probably around twelve thirty at night, and uh. I'm planning on going to game day and flying the burn ends flags. So never marry a stripper shout out. He brought the flags and the flagpoles from Houston, from our printer and brought them to Lee Harvey. And 
apparently it was just a mess up from the, the printer, but we ordered them with the, the pole pockets so that you could just slip them in the pole and not have to worry about how to tie it on with grommets and a string and all that. And, uh, there was no pole pockets on these flags. So, uh, we couldn't figure out how to tie the flags to the poles and everything just kind of got to be a disaster. And so I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to fly the flags, but you know, we went it been to cool on game day. snooze. No, no game day. No game day. Um, next year, maybe. But, um, and then that was at the point where I was like, man, fuck it. I am, I'm just a guy at Texas OU this weekend, right? I'm not, I'm not going to do any like, outward socializing or evangelizing for surly horns or the burn ends. I did have my uh, Oklahoma eating a dick shirt on shout out to Joan. <laughs> We've got to run that back. Everybody wants those shirts. They're absolutely awesome. I need one of those. Uh, yeah. And then uh, went into the game after a, a nice early morning breakfast and, and bloody Maria uh, at, at snooze eatery in uptown and uh, got to the, the fair before nine and immediately we started just drinking. Uh, and and I was still drunk from the night before, like for sure. And so by the time we got to kick, I was already four beers probably deep out. And then the Bloody Maria. And I was I was really feeling good. <laughs> and, yeah, Xavier Worthy scored on the first play. Probably. Oh, God. <laughs> and, yeah. And then the game happened, right? I had to stop drinking after the first quarter because I was just too trashed and I went and got some Fletcher's hot dogs and some more tickets and kind of took a little break um, and, and came back with a lemonade, drank that and then went and got uh, more beers. And then at halftime uh, I had tickets and I was like, fuck it. Right. I'll go into the game to watch the second half of this game. Um, because we were having so much fun watching it outside. But you the caused it. Toyota 360 Theater. You should you had you, you should have stayed out. You caused it. You caused the second half collapse yeah, by going into the game. Shit. Anyway, that was it. Going into the game, we it's impossible to, to get beers. It's impossible to drink in the game. And it is it is hot. But it's loud. It's fun. It's a great atmosphere. All that. Whatever. Everybody knows what happens in the second half. We bail after the second three and out. I say, fuck this. I'm not sitting here and watching this. I have to drink through this. So we go back out, get more beers, and start drinking. And then, whatever. Everybody knows what happens. We leave the fair. We go to Cold Beer Company and kind of start doing the drinking thing. And, and you know, something clicked at Cold Beer Company where we were all together and we were like, we're not going to let this ruin our Saturday, right? Because a lot of us missed last year because of covid we hadn't seen a, a lot of each other uh there's a big group that goes and we hadn't seen each other in the better part of two years or even longer in some cases and we were just like you know we're all together we're all having uh drinks well, let's just get past this and, and have a good time and so we did our best to do that and you know then we eventually migrated into deep ellum back to twilight <laughs> did get to, to have some of these coffee drinks that gave me a great the guy up. asked you to get his shoes like hey man I, actually these shoes are fucked so i'm, I'm gonna need that venmo <laughs> <laughs> no no but then uh after that uh everybody leaves and i have a friend who went to texas a&m who uh you know he wanted to party and so we were gonna party that night and that was like a plan all along through the whole weekend and uh, I met up with him, but before I did that, and after everyone left Twilight, I was like, I'm going to take this opportunity to go take a really big piss in this bathroom. And you know when you just, like, catch your zipper when you're pissing, Ooh. and then it just fucking sprays Soaks. a little bit, and it just <laughs> kind of, like, maybe you're like, oh, no. Uh, like, hopefully, hopefully, that was just, like, a little bit of a, a you know... It just diverted off of the zipper and sprayed up a little bit. Wait, what kind of um, pants is the important thing for people that haven't seen? Oh, I have I have khaki shorts on. Yeah, so jeans and, you're getting away Oklahoma with. I'm eating a dick shirt on. Yeah, jeans you're getting away with this. Khaki shorts, no chance. No chance. 
And so <laughs> I finish peeing and then I go and look in the mirror and it's not like I, it doesn't look like fucking Billy Madison. I pissed myself. It looks like I fucking caught my zipper and got piss on my pants, but like a, a substantial amount, not not like a, a noticeable amount. So I have to go back out on the back patio where there's like nobody's at and the, the BYU game is on. So I'm just kind of like watching the BYU game, letting my pants dry to like go get an Uber. And so it takes about 20 minutes before I'm like, this is acceptable. And I get up, go outside, wait out front for my Uber. And uh, by the time I get to where I was going in the Uber, my pants are completely dry. So it's it wasn't that big of a deal, but hilarious. Um, the pictures hey. are in the shit on blast thread. It, it, hey, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. So <laughs> consider me Bijan Robinson. So this is where the rest of my night begins. It's like seven forty-five at night. I've been drinking since now. eight in the morning. <laughs> Plus, if you count like the night before, basically five the day before. And so I am lit up, and uh, we go to the Aggie watch party. For oh, the A M Alabama game at some fucking bar. I don't even know what it was, but um it, it was called like the Sports Club or something, or Sports okay. Club Dallas. That's a strip club. Hundred percent that is a strip um, club. It it kind of looked like it like all the, the name of the places were definitely um anyway. That's, anyway, the sporting that's what it's club. Called when it, you it go is, to- it's called the sporting club. That's what you, that, that that's what it's called on your ATM receipt when you go to the strip club and you get money out of the ATM and it just says sports club, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, Food it says Mart. sporting. It's the sporting club. Anyway, right. we go to the sporting club. Uh, we go, we sit down, we watch the Aggie game, and the whole time I'm fucking miserable. I'm fucking miserable. The Aggies are winning. Fucking Texas just lost. It's fucking terrible, and I'm just in the corner, just fucking chugging Modelo's. And just like, don't fucking talk to me. Nobody talk to me. And then, whatever, that game ends. Everybody freaks out. Uh, All the Aggies immediately leave because this place is way too expensive for them to stay at. And uh, immediately after the A&M game, almost like it was planned, because it fucking was, right? You're not going to put a boxing, the biggest heavyweight boxing match since fucking forever on right after a game that had 8.4 million viewers. Yeah, that like all those people are going to tune into your game. Yeah, so that's the lead in. they had convenient timing where the boxing match literally started probably two, three minutes after the end of the Texas A&M game. And that fight was insane. That was great. It was one of the best heavyweight fights I've seen in a long time. Long, long time. And I didn't buy it because I was being broke and I was mad and I was in I was, I was all, all all in my feelings. So I jumped around from like stream to stream on my iPad, just trying to find <laughs> trying to find a decent link for it. Um, and yeah, it it was a great fight. And um, after that Aggie game, I needed something to lift my spirits because that was yeah demoralizing. I, I really did. I needed something that was just a big distraction. So that was a great distraction. We watched the fight there. This place, um, it was all screens, right? Everywhere. It was huge screens everywhere. They had everything lit up. It was great. It was a great boxing match atmosphere. Um, Then after the boxing match, we leave there and we go to the bars. I don't even know where we were at that point. I think it was like on McKinney. We ended up at some place called the Owl the owl club or that something owl. Um, it's just called the owl bar, I guess. No boiled, boiled, boiled owl tavern. That sounds worse. Um, owl bar sounds way cooler than boiled owl tavern. Sounds terrible. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Anyway, I, whatever. We close that place out at two and, and go back and continue drinking whiskey. And I leave that place because I'm not going to crash at my friend's place because I'm a dedicated CPAP sleeper, even when I'm half <laughs> cognitive. So uh, I get an Uber around 4.15, get to the place I'm crashing at, and uh, this is fucking crazy. So I get out of this Uber, and there are these three women. Not 
not girls, right? They're three women. They're they're in their probably late twenties, early thirties, uh, and they're fucking hood rats, right? Let's just be get one thing clear: they, they're all fucking hood rats, um, and they are just going at it. And this one girl has like a chunk of hair missing out of her fucking head, <laughs> and they're like yelling and talking shit like they'd just gotten into a fight. And then these other girls like had their shirts like half ripped and stuff. And I just kind of roll up and they're yelling. And this is not like a, it's, it's like a little townhome complex. That's not quite gated because there's nothing gated in Dallas except for like the high rises. Um, But it's a nice place that there shouldn't be hood rats like yelling uh, (laughs) on the porches. And so I kind of like get out of the Uber hammered and I like approach these ladies and I'm like, uh, hey, you guys need to calm down. Like, what's going on? And then they, like, try and tell me the story. And I was like, I'm not really trying to listen to your story. I was like, but you guys need to, like, kind of keep it down. Um, and then the other girl disappears, right? She jumps in a car and leaves. And then some other car, like, pulls up. And they're, like, talking shit to whoever's driving the car. And I kind of have to be like, wave the guy off and be like, hey, yeah, it's time for like everybody to go home. Like, this is all ending now. We're all, we're all. Innocent bystanders shot breaking up the fight after OU Texas. No, it wasn't, it wasn't. I think people listened to me whenever I was talking. So then I, then, then these, these two girls are still just amped. And I'm like, do you guys, do y'all live here? Like, what's the deal? And they were like, no, we don't have a... And I was like, I will get you an Uber to, like, fucking leave. And then they were like, no, my man's coming. Um, and then and then I was like, okay, are you guys okay? And then the other girl starts crying. And then I'm like, oh, God, what? what is, You're about what to be a therapist. Into? <laughs> and then I was like, look, I don't want to hear any of the stories. I was like, just no more fucking yelling. I'm going to go. Whatever. Like, if you guys aren't okay, I'll call you an Uber. And then... Finally, around like, you know, 435, 440, I get back into the place that I'm sleeping. I put my CPAP on and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be dead to the world until at least 11 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> nope. Uh, my wife, who's on this family trip in Fort Worth, had other plans. She oh, is planning a brunch with all of the family that we have in the Metroplex for 10 a.m. in oh. Fort Worth. And so oh. I get woken up at like 8, 15, 8, 8, 15 in the morning. And I just have to just pack all my shit up, grab the flags and stuff, and then get in this jank ass fucking car that I borrowed from my parents and drive <laughs> my happy ass back to fucking Fort Worth. May or may not should have been driving. Didn't, didn't care. Got there, <laughs> did, did the family thing, and then got in the car with my wife and kid. And just pass the fuck out until we got tossed. <laughs> Mommy, why is daddy snoring so loud? <laughs> oh, dude. I was all contorted in the back seat, Just dead, dead to, the, to world. the world. Hey, sometimes that's what needed. And that was my weekend. Saturday, after that Saturday, that's what you needed. My Saturday didn't go anywhere near as crazy as that. I had I have an OU buddy, and he came over. And we make it kind of an annual tradition. If it's at home, he comes to my house. If they're hosting, go to their house. Um, So we make a brisket, you know, do it big. He brings a bottle of Jaeger and we initially told ourselves, all right, Texas scores a touchdown. I take a shot. Oh, you scores a touchdown. He takes a shot. That's how it started. And then one at the end of each quarter. So at halftime, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I I, I, am. I have not eaten anything. Uh, my wife literally went to go get us Chick-fil-A to make sure we we're going to be good um, and make it through the rest of the game. Um, we were three quarters of, of that bottle done by halftime at that point. Um, so we called it on the Jaeger. Um, we finished the game in crushing fashion. Um, I literally laid on my kitchen floor um, after that that game-winning run. Um, just just laid just straight on the tile. Um just wallowing in my sorrows and had to be left alone. And then I, you know what I, you know what picked me up? You know what brought my soul back to life? You know, I felt good. You know, I switched, I was, you know, back to beer, you know, 
I was good the rest of the day because I knew Alabama was going to mud stomp Aggie and I was going to get to watch that. And everything in my body that was knew. my solace, dude. I, I thought it was going to be a huge pick me up. It's the only thing I needed. And I kept going. You know, I slowed down my pace a little bit on the drinking. You know, I started, uh, started you know, I was okay. We had a nice pizza dinner, you know, put the kids down. They're good to go. Oh, I'm going to have a nice, relaxing little Saturday Saturday night. You know, I can rest easy knowing Sark scored 48 points against OU. And I'm about to watch Alabama just go, beat Aggie 56 to 0. Wrong. I had to switch to whiskey at halftime. Shit. <laughs> I it was it was absolutely incredible. I can't believe that Hello, happened. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> it, it was the it was the perfect culmination of everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, it was to me, Aggie winning was worse than Texas losing to OU. One hundred percent, that was way worse to me. I don't know if it was just because it followed the loss. I don't know if it's because, you know, there are a lot of positives, like the entire offense, a lot of positives for Texas from that game. But AM was supposed to get fucking crushed and it didn't happen. And now my They're soul is shut out again. at home for the first time since 1979. And then they we fucking got robbed in a barn burner with a fucking <sighs> last second kick. That was that fucking. It's like it's almost like Jimbo just said, "Fuck it, I actually don't care about any other game except for Alabama." Yeah, and you know what? They're gonna lose three more. They're gonna lose against Auburn. They're gonna lose against um, Ole Miss, and they're probably gonna lose against LSU. So it's still gonna be this shitty fucking seven and five season. But they're gonna pound their little baby dicks about that. Oh well, we beat Alabama, rebuilding year. If we had Haynes King, dirt, dirt, dirt. Yeah, you know, if we had our SRC croakies, uh, you know, it, it's it, it gave them something to sell when the, this is this was supposed to be the year that they were going to have nothing to sell, and it is so. Frustrating. Oh, dude, this was going to put them into this was out to pasture irrelevance. This wasn't roller coaster. This wasn't even peak. Ro- this was them jumping. You know, they weren't hitting the ground. They were going straight to hell. This was going to be a mass fucking exodus in the transfer portal. This was going to be people calling for Jimbo's head. This was going to be everything that Jimbo promised failing. And now with this one win, hell, even if they didn't win the fact, cause you know, they would be calling Oh, close loss, close loss, just covering. It's unacceptable. Nick Saban, get your fucking mind, right? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You couldn't do one thing. You fucking pompous bitch. God, oh, I can't even talk about it anymore. I can't even talk about it. That's that's all we're going to talk um, about. Aggie, they're going to get mud stomped down the road. Lose to Missouri. That will that the only thing that can set this right in the world, karma wise, so they good. need a they need a Missouri loss, a Missouri or a South Carolina loss. Either one of those happens, and man, we're back on that. We're back on the co- coaster. You know, coasters back on the tracks. Like, let's. It has to get back to that. Because I'm not worried about Texas. I'm I'm not worried about Texas in the slightest. This year, first year of Sark, so many positives on offense. Casey looks fucking crazy. Worthy is an insane first round talent. Bijan Robinson's not human. Not worried about the offense. Defense, gonna figure it out. We're gonna end up stopping the run somehow. You know, Oklahoma was our toughest test. I'm not worried about Texas. It's gonna Texas is gonna make the Big 12 championship game. And we're gonna All get right. a rematch with Oklahoma, but I need Aggie to blow it. I need the roller coaster to fall off the fucking tracks. So before we get into the the full thoughts of the the Texas Oklahoma game this past weekend, we have to talk about something that is happening in the college football world that is very very strange for the college football world. And it hasn't happened in a really long time. And it's shaping up to be one of the weirdest college football playoffs possibly if the college football playoff rankings are anything close to what the AP poll is. So let me tell you why. Number two, Iowa. Crazy Number already. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Penn State. Number eight, Michigan. Number 10, Michigan State. That's five of the top 10 teams are in the Big Ten and Crazy. are uh, undefeated or with one loss. Like, the, the Big Ten 
is either all really hot trash or they're all actually pretty good at football. And they it's haven't really played each other yet. Kind of tell. They haven't played each other yet, so that's the thing. Like none of these schools have played the other schools yet. So well, Penn State, Penn State played Iowa. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, this past weekend. So yeah, then, so yeah, yeah, that was crazy. one loss. It was a, yeah, it was a great game too. Um, I mean, I think yeah, all Ohio these, State I mean, has already lost to Oregon, right? But they have yeah. not played Penn State and Michigan. They nearly Michigan lost State, to Minnesota. They have to play in in their division. Yep. Yeah. No, I think. Um, I mean, I think it's good for football. The parity for me, it's nice seeing somebody that's not Alabama or Clemson at the top, um, or Ohio State even. You know, seeing Georgia up there as much as I dislike Georgia and basically every other team that's not Texas. It's refreshing to see something that's just not the same run of the mill I mean, bullshit. Georgia's good at football, dude. Their defense is they're like really they're they're the real deal. They're very very good. They're a very good defensive team. Still not getting Arch Manning though, bitch. We'll talk about that later. They <laughs> <laughs> they are actually good at football, but that shit weird shit could happen, right? This could be the weird season that's like the doomsday season where two Big Ten teams get in. Two SEC teams get in, and everybody else can go get fucked. Yeah, It'll be a crazy, be. crazy weird year. I mean, nobody from the Pac-12 is getting in. I mean, after Oregon lost, I mean, unless maybe Oregon runs the table, finish with no, one, finish no, with it doesn't matter. Oregon can't get in. They can't get in. There's nobody to. There's no quality wins to get them into the top. Ohio four. State. I mean, if Ohio State wins out and they can have that on the resume, and they just have one hit. No, I'm saying Stanford, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon can't get in. Oregon's out. No, They're Oregon fine. beat Ohio State, though. If Ohio State wins out, say they it, Ohio State's one loss, Oregon's one loss, uh, their one loss against Stanford, and they have the head-to-head over Ohio State, they for sure would get in. A Pac-12 championship no. with one loss over and no. plus a quality the win next, against Ohio the State? Next ranked, 100%. The next ranked Pac-12 team is number 18 Arizona State, who's trash. They are trash. But Ohio State, they absolute Ohio dog State. Shit garbage. If Ohio State wins out, Oregon and Oregon wins out and wins the Pac-12, no. they have one hundred no, billion no, they're percent. Not, they're, they're outside looking in. That's they're outside looking in. I totally disagree. If, Are you going to take a one-loss Pac-12 or a two-loss Big Ten non-champion? You're taking the two-loss Big the Ten playing against top ten ranked opponents. Yeah, you take the Big Ten top team, ten. 100% top ten time. now. Top ten now. They haven't played anybody. They haven't played each other except Penn State, Iowa. Wait till got, Michigan has Michigan State's going to have I, two losses. I'm just telling Michigan you the way State it shakes out. Michigan, Michigan State has to play Michigan, Ohio State. Still, they have to play Penn State's. Like all these, there, there's, there's no right, way. What happens? What happens? What happens? They're just going to beat each other. What up. happens if Iowa, Iowa, and Michigan both undefeated go play in the Big Ten championship game? You're taking one of them. No, you take both of them over a fucking one loss Oregon to dog shit everyone else. Who cares? Maybe. No one wants to see Oregon Maybe. play. I mean, it's we I'm we got saying. a lot of I'm season saying. left. That's it. We got a that's, lot that's, of season left, and I don't think Oregon's that good. I'm just saying their only loss right well, now, Stanford, who's take, middling. And then you take Georgia for sure because Georgia's going to run the table, oh, yeah. right? And you're going to have then, Alabama, or probably. or the worst case scenario, right? The worst case scenario is the only loss for Georgia is Alabama. And then it's two one-loss SEC, one one-loss Big Ten, and and an undefeated Big Ten. That would be the fucking ultimate nightmare, and everybody would be fucked. There's no way you take a Pac-12 or or an Oklahoma team in. Oh yeah, no, right? Oklahoma Oklahoma's going to lose in the Big Twelve championship. Or the oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we beat them. Yeah, well, they're they're already beaten in their minds. They they fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be right, crazy. I, just love, I love the parody. That's the biggest takeaway from all of this is the parody is so refreshing for college football where it's not. It's literally the past. What has it been like the past 10 years? It's been Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Alabama are like the four every single fucking time. And then you throw in a random Notre Dame or one of those fuckers. Yeah, Clemson, Other than that, yeah, Clemson's bad at football. Clemson sucks. Um, they're just not good at football. Coastal Carolina playing. Whatever. Anyway, let's get into the game. All right, first quarter's fucking incredible, right? Incredible. Best first quarter play of my of the life. Game. Fucking touchdown. Easily the best quarter Big of my life. Big play Zay. 
Oh, I think we've reached 75 the segment, folks, where to the um, I'm a Max uh, audio one and video tackle, has gone skip arms out, the fuck out of another um, which tackle, is great because this and is my, just break away my speed opportunity to soapbox this thing for you. And the important soapbox that RGB3 is going to bring you today is fuck the Big 12 refs. So it's really crucial that y'all understand this. That was the worst officiated game that I've ever seen in my entire life except for 2015 Oklahoma State. 2015 Oklahoma State was terrible. That was fucking terrible. It was unwatchable. It was it was it was just it was a farce. This right up there. We're we're talking about the lateral. We're talking about the lateral that sh- first, first of all should have been challenged, you know, whatever. We need to review that. It has to get reviewed because that was absolutely a lateral. I'm talking about uh, infinity missed holding calls. It crucial missed holding calls at that calls on missed holding calls on the final play winning play of the game. We're talking about players. Not it's not even close. It's not even like, hey, yeah, that was borderline holding. It is. That was the most blatant hold I've seen in my entire life. That's going completely, completely and utterly uncalled. It is. It is unacceptable pass interference penalties. There's there's push offs. Marvin Mims pushed off on that fucking touchdown it's so blatant it is so blatant and they're always going to blame texas for it that's my fucking problem with all this it's always against texas and i'm not a blame the refs guy i'm never a blame the refs guy i never want to be a blame the refs guy that was untenable that was absolutely unwatchable football those referees looked like they had never watched a football game before it was pathetic it was embarrassing the fact that Oklahoma didn't get a penalty called against them until midway through the fourth quarter is absolute garbage it's absolute garbage and that is the reason why we're leaving your bullshit fucking conference you stupid bitch bullsby this is why we're leaving your fucking conference because first of all you don't have a conference without us second of all get your fucking refs figured out it has been a fucking decade are you kidding me are you kidding me rant over welcome back i'm a mac <laughs> the hurricane started and i got kind of kicked it out of here for a little bit but it seemed like an opportune time for you to get that off of your chest. It felt good. I feel better. I feel better. It was a good, you know, it was a good three-minute rant that I needed for me and my soul. The rest of the game is a, a, a well-executed game in the first half by Texas, right? So we, we established that. Everybody knows it. Oklahoma knows it. They're fucked. Spencer Radler is fucked. He may not even play another down of football ever at the University of Oklahoma because he's a scared oh, yeah, he's transferring. and he doesn't there's already rumors he's in the portal. There's already rumors that he's no, in the portal. There's, he's not in the fucking portal. He's not going to do that. He's not stupid. He's going he'll to. He's going to stick around. That, he'll get drafted. That guy's a piece of shit. Before he transfers anywhere. That guy's a piece, he of, shit. A piece of shit. He, he's a piece I'm, of shit. You know, I hope he really enjoys those two fucking leased cars that he has that they're going to repo pretty soon. <laughs> Immediate. Uh, Immediate. Dude, he's going to transfer to like Arizona that, State. For sure. He's, Dude, the Williams he, kid is good. The Williams kid is good. good. And and I remember um, very distinctly after the fourth and one weird play where he scored the touchdown on a really broken-ass play where he got fucking arm-tackled by three dudes and then just like there was no one in, in the second level at all. Um, that was such a strange play. But after that play, I was like, that guy's amped. If they put that guy in, it's going to be very good for Oklahoma. I thought and the same thing. I, I was worried when they brought him. I in didn't know. Time. I didn't know that. Uh, so number one, he was much harder to bring down in the backfield. He got hit quite a bit, and he got rushed. Like as much as everybody wants to talk shit about everybody, and there was no pass rush, and blah blah blah. Whatever. There was a lot of broken down plays. They just weren't able to finish in the backfield. Yeah. That which is a different problem. Um, but this guy's throwing up fucking in crazy, just like insane, crazy balls that you gotta give credit to Oklahoma to come down with these insane circus fucking catches after an insane circus fucking throw, right? That was what was happening, and 
sometimes fucking five stars just do five star things. Yeah, that was that's, that was that's really the story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was it fucking was the quarterback recruiting. too, dude. That quarterback is a fucking great quarterback. I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna sit Spencer Radler probably for the rest of the season. And Lincoln Riley's all pissed off about it and whatever. But the, I I really think the story of the second half is the sacks that should have been sacks actually turned into really big plays, and yeah. then obviously the 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 counter plays that that squirted out and turned into touchdown runs unacceptable they got to figure out that but i didn't have a problem with the scheming i don't think that oklahoma did anything special or made any crazy adjustments in the second half i think they were getting owned quite a bit i mean they had a lot of third and longs they were still getting fucked and there was just a bunch of weird shit happening right there's a lot of strange things that that happened in that second half that was the that was the whole thing it was you know i thought some of these were arm punts by the guy and then the receivers coming down with it you know at the one yard line or scoring a touchdown. I thought that, you know, I mean, you want to get think that, about, you get that interception that we drop instead yep. of the field goal that they got. You still held them to a field goal, but that interception, that's three points and a momentum swing that probably turns into more like a 10 point swing because that's three points plus a touchdown for Texas. And that's a 10 point swing when they were still up. Uh, I think they were still up 12 or something at that yeah, point. Like that I don't 11, remember. Maybe. Yeah, um, but they were they were still up heavy, and and that that's a big game changer again, right? The late in the game, getting up by that much, yet you, you don't start to do that. The crowd was nuts, dude. The crowd on OU yeah. side, late in the game, they showed out, right? They showed out good. The Texas crowd was pissed, and they were just there's nothing that you can do whenever the 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 just balls just fucking coming out of Xavier Worthy's hand and I mean, kick return. And, and you know, I liked how Sark brought it up in the press conference that he said Xavier Worthy, uh, like he was referencing him directly, but he didn't say his name. He didn't throw the player under the bus. And he said, we got out of playing our brand of football and we had guys trying to make plays, right? Yeah. And to bring the momentum back. Instead of hard. just yeah. taking the momentum back as a team, we had guys trying to break away and do it themselves and, and put the team on their back and do that. And look, I'm sorry, you know, Xavier Worthy's a lot of things, but he's not Sam Ellinger, right? And and the, it takes a, a special kind of player, not from a physical perspective, from a, a really a mental perspective to to really change the momentum of the game by themselves, like Sam did. And and there's nobody on the team that can do that right now for Texas. Texas isn't built that way. They should, no team should really be built that way. That's just, you, you kind of just luck into that, uh, a leader like that. But this is what happens whenever you try and make plays, right? You get fucking... Hey, I'll counter with Bijan. I think I think Bijan is that guy. I think Bijan is absolutely, you know, is that guy. But at the same point, he's limited because he is a running back. You know, um, if they're preparing solely for Bijan, that's, that's an easy stop. You know, I think my biggest takeaway from the entire game is... This is a win for Texas if I could probably count seven plays don't happen, but the big like four is yeah, the worthy is bad. The if the guy's knees not down on the long ass run, that was a fumble. I mean, that was it wasn't, it was it wasn't down. If the ref no, it was called a fumble on the field. If the ref doesn't right. fuck Texas on that. Yeah. If it if it yeah, if it's if it's not called a fumble on the yeah, uh, fully with you. And then um yeah, you could throw the lateral in there. You can call the the fucking um, the fumbled snap that Caleb Williams had that we should have sacked him right after that he threw a fucking touchdown pass on. The Marvin Mims being literally a blade of grass from being out of bounds. And don't don't give me the bullshit like, hey, he was out of bounds. You can look in that. I've seen the fucking screenshot. You can look in that picture. He's in bounds. Like it's the the smallest it's a circus catch. In the world. It's a circus throw, it's a circus, circus catch. catch. There's, a, there's a great play by and, a great player. And, you know, I think Four or five plays. Uh, seven points come from that fucking third and long, where the receiver clearly runs out of bounds. The referee throws his fucking hat down, and then Which was and then unreal. Like, and then beyond that, beyond that, if you watch the film, they also rip Keandre Coburn's fucking helmet off. Right, it's so there's just so much wrong with that play, but I think I think it's even less than that. I think I think it's one, I think it's the the end, the last run that that squeaked out, 
I think yep. that they stop them there. I think the guy misses the field goal because that's Agreed. a really long field goal. I think the guy misses the field goal, and I think Texas does something crazy or wins in overtime. I don't think they could stop um, him from scoring. And, and then I the mean, second I- one, the second one, the the biggest thing I think is uh, unfortunately not a defensive play. I think it was the the three and out, um, the second three and out in the row. Uh, I think it was late in the third or early in the fourth. Um, that was that was uh, the time to put the game away and yeah. uh, chew some clock and two There's three and outs in a row. Yeah, there was a drop pass. It in was the yeah, of yeah. That. He hit he hit him he hit him for the first down yeah. in the hands and and it was just you know whatever it was just a drop pass and and that I think stalled that drive and and you know limited the options of what was possible. And and you didn't chew up any clock because it was two incomplete passes in a run um, that just didn't go the the right way, and you chewed up maybe forty five seconds a clock yeah. on a possession, and and Me I think that forty five seconds turns into three minutes. Even that game yeah. is over. The game's over. They don't have time to score. That was my biggest thing. I was like, man, we need more Bijan. We need more Bijan. You have to even swing passes. You know, don't put it on Casey. Just a swing pass to the running back. Something like that. But he was just getting bull rushed. The the offensive line was basically not there in the fourth quarter. They were were done. They were gassed. They they were were getting taken advantage of. They were getting pushed around. Uh, It was ugly. It was ugly from the offensive line. Uh, It's a – there has – Never been a, a Texas offensive lineman, or maybe even a Power Five offensive lineman that's had a single digits run block grade from Pro Football Focus. We had two Oof. on the Texas offensive line. Oof. It was bad. It, you know, it was atrocious. It was atrocious late in the game. But but I will. I, say I don't think that you can, you can you can't put it on Casey, right? But there's no, God, there's no. just there that I think that play is more what I focus on. And it's not any player's fault specifically, but it's just that play is such a, a you're taking the momentum back and, and you're really going to start getting something going. And instead it turns into 45 seconds of nothingness. And then Oklahoma getting great field position. Yeah. And, and I, I think mean, that that's re- really where it started doing route. Yep. I think the, you know, Casey three fifty five touchdowns worthy went like two seventy, Um, like, Bijan had his Heisman moment too. That run was stupid. That run was absolutely insane. Like I, that was the most hype. I, I, I can't got. remember. I can't remember. Uh, maybe two more runs that are just a, a a sheer display of special, unique yeah. talent from an individual. It was since like I've that been and- watching college football. It was like that and Marshawn Lynch against the Saints where he just did the beast quake. Like, it was crazy. It was insane. He just kept going. The only thing that sucked was he didn't score, which we scored the next play. But that, wait, was, uh, that was that the burn ends yeah. touchdown? Was that the burn ends touchdown? Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was it should have been two. It should have been two. Casey, th- Casey overthrew two. Jared so bad. He wanted that throw back. He wanted that throw yeah. back. But I don't think that, that doesn't really I don't think change the game too much. The, no, the, no, the no, difference no, no. between three and four there doesn't really change the change the game all that much. Although it would have been would have been nice to to have seven instead of three. So Okay, we gotta move past it. I can't I can't keep bringing up this PTSD at this point. It was very encouraging on the offensive side. I thought we there were a lot of positives to take away from that. Um especially the offensive line did not look great. We still put up 48 points, you know, some of that being, you know, good field position turnovers, that sort of thing. But, you know, at the same time, you can't fault the offense at this point. I think besides, you know, stalling a little bit on those, those first couple series defense has to get better. You have to tackle better. You have to get your run defense, right? I don't even know the defense needs to get better. Tackles, tackles solve the problem in that game. Anyway, yeah. moving on bucket. Uh, we'll see you motherfuckers in Dallas, you sooner fucks. Yep. Um, Gruden has decided <laughs> that uh, he would rather not face the music, which I don't not blame him. Canceled. I don't know that I, I'd have fucking probably done the same thing. He's already rich as fuck. He's probably just coaching because he was bored. But uh, John Gruden sent some pretty bad emails 
over the last 10 years um, to his brother and other staff at the Washington football team. And they are being investigated for running a sex trafficking ring with their cheerleaders or something. And for some reason, uh, somebody got a hold of John Gruden's emails from like forever ago when he worked at ESPN, uh, saying some pretty racist, pretty homophobic and pretty just really dumb stupid things that you probably should never put in work emails. Why would you do that? That's the biggest takeaway from all of this, guys. If there's a lesson to be learned here, well, like number one, don't be a piece of shit. Number two, don't be a piece of shit in email and text and anything not like traceable. Like just, well, mainly just don't be a piece of shit, but also just why would you do that? I think it's funny, though, because the first thing came out with uh, what he said about DeMaurice Smith. uh, And, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it was it was bad and you shouldn't say it, but it wasn't like get fired bad. Right. I mean, it was definitely bad and and it's a bad look and still going to be a distraction. I would rate that same same to what happened to Urban Meyer. Same, same, right? Big distraction, yeah, right. probably some hoopla about you getting fired. They're probably looking at your contract and maybe fire you, but they're going to let you write it out. Public rec- reprimand. Apparently, know, because like nothing happened, they were like, oh, we got more. And then they just kept sending more. And they're like, we're basically just going to keep sending you these until you either he quits or you fire him. 100%. That's exactly what the NFL was doing was it was shots across the bow. And it was like, hey, this one's really bad. Fire him. And the Raiders like, nah, like, uh, I think we can. He's he's okay. He's okay. He's like, they're like, okay, I guess we're going to do this. Bam. Here's like 20 of them. And it's like, okay, we got to fire this fucking guy because he didn't resign. I'm not going to lie. I I died laughing at uh, the Biden. He called called Goodell a word. And he he said he said a lot of stuff about Goodell. And I, I fucking, I laughed out loud whenever I read it. And then in the thread, people kept referencing the joke and it, it just got me. It was really funny. I mean, it wasn't funny in in the way that he said it, but it's, it's kind of funny because fuck Roger Goodell and he's a total piece of shit. (laughs) I love that he called the president, or I guess he was the vice president at the time. A nervous, clueless pussy was a, that's a choice to put in a work email. A nervous, clueless yeah. pussy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, just uh, uh, awful, awful. All right, let's get into Texas football once again. And we've got a game coming up. I think this is the biggest game of the season now that yeah, Texas and Oklahoma has has happened. And the result was what it was. This is the, this is the defining moment in the season. This is where 100%. we're going to find out who who the Texas Longhorns really are? This is Big Twelve Championship or bust. Almost every single game, um, I want to say, because you lose this and your your hopes are at this point you're you're hoping for other teams to lose. Um, we still control our destiny for the most part. Um, you know, you win out and you're in the Big Twelve Championship game. And Oklahoma State, I think, is the toughest team we we face over Iowa State over Baylor fucking miss me with a Baylor oh Baylor's gonna be so fucking fuck you Baylor's gonna be trash we're gonna we're gonna fucking boat race them but Oklahoma State they have a decent they have a really good defense Spencer Sanders is you know he's turnover prone but he can score you know he's 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 a he's a hot or cold kind of guy um you know I'd rather somebody shittier than Spencer Sanders um it's this is kind of the make or break um do you want a score prediction? Because I'm just going to say four letters. A, G, and B, bitch. All gas, no brakes. We're going to fucking curb stomp these guys this week. And everybody yeah, kept... I think We're, oh, RGB3, I'm a Mac. Stop pumping so much sunshine. It's like, first of all, what sunshine are we probably... We scored 48 against fucking Oklahoma. We Arkansas was a fucking, you know, that was a wake-up call. But ever since then, we scored infinity fucking points miss me on the sunshine pumping this is what should be happening this is a realistic non-satia you know point of view of what texas football is right now if the defense can hold spencer fucking sanders which a fucking tom herman defense has done the past two years there's no reason why we can't figure that out and we're going to score 11 billion points 
in your, front of Arch Manning. Your, your, your original prediction? Your original prediction was 58-21 Texas. Perfect. And and your revised prediction was also 58-21 Texas. I'm changing it. So 59-21. Okay. 59-21 59. Texas. Yeah. We, we go for All two. Right. Yeah, we go for two to score over 60, but we don't get it. So, yeah. In the fourth quarter with a minute left, too, just because we wanted to butt fuck him. All right. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. 59 is kind of high, but I think it's possible. What I do know is Oklahoma State, um, not, not super capable of the big explosive play that Oklahoma was capable of. Um, I don't think we're going to see any fucking circus miracle bullshit. I think if there's a disciplined football game played on the defensive side of the ball, 21 may actually be pretty high for what Oklahoma State can output with their offense. Um, They need time to drive down the field. Texas is going to have the ball a lot. And I just don't think that um, they, they don't have the athletes. And now that Casey... I think once you make some of those throws and you build some of that confidence on the deep ball like Casey made in that Oklahoma game, I think he's going to start to connect on that deep ball, and I think that these uh, receivers get burned. And uh, I know that we have Whittington out, but Whittington's not the one that's breaking out on these deep balls, right? We've got these streakers from Josh Moore. We've got the streakers from fucking Xavier. Our speed demons are still on the field, and we're going to add another speed demon onto the field in Calvante Dixon. So look out for that, right? We may lose a little bit over the middle of the field, but this could actually be a a good opportunity for our two tight end set to really kind of pay dividends with some of those big bodies in the middle of the field that can make catches and make some grabs. I think you're going to see some of that get worked in now that we have kind of one receiver down from the starting set. You're going to maybe start to see a little bit more of the design for the tight ends. Um, so I do think, I think that 59, 58, whatever, definitely in the realm of what Texas um, is capable of scoring and probably should score. I don't know that Oklahoma state gets to 21, right? I, I think uh, that may be high for them. If they, I love if the it. And what a statement. Executes. I mean, what a statement that would be. Honestly, I, I just want to see the offensive on offense rolling and the defense just getting those run stops is is the biggest thing you know tackle better you know do you you know fill your run you know your run gaps and just if that just happens, fucking tackle just, just fucking tackle just tackle <laughs> just get him down just that's all you got to do especially, especially with this guy spencer sanders he can run get him down in the backfield don't let him break outside for a big play don't you know? Don't expose your defensive backs. That's what happened in this last game. Don't expose your defensive backs. I want to see PK call some more blitzing too. I, that was the one big disappointment that I had in the Oklahoma game. Is we should have been blitzing Caleb Williams every single fucking time. A true freshman, we should have had a corner coming off the edge, safety blitzes, whatever you want. Just put pressure on the guy every single way you possibly can. All right, um, our basketball team. Just an update for everybody that's going to be really quick because we got to get into some recruiting talk and and we've talked a lot. Uh, Our basketball team did not miss a shot in their scrimmage. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they're going to be insane. They're going to be so good. It's it's going to be a very, very, very high scoring offense uh, on the basketball side of things. And it's going to be something that we should all be excited about. That's all we got for basketball. What's going on with recruiting, RGB3? There is a human being coming to DKR. Um, his name is Arch. And he is the guy. So Arch Manning. At this point, he doesn't even need the Manning name. He should just be called Arch. He is the most hyped quarterback prospect since... Well, I guess since fucking Quinn Ewers. But even before that... Chris Sims. That. No, he's not. No, no, no. He's Trevor more. Lawrence. He's more hyped than yours. He's more hyped than yours. It's uh, no. He, I mean, Lawrence. it's the name because because everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was going to the NFL. Everybody knows that Arch Manning is going to the NFL. Nobody yeah. fucking knows that Quinn Ewers is going to the NFL. Quinn Ewers is just a good quarterback. 
He might transfer. He Hell, he might really fucking transfer after this year. Anyway, Arch Manning is coming. More importantly to me than Arch Manning coming Saturday, Sark and our quarterback coach Milwee are flying out to his game on Friday. So he, Sark is going to get one-on-one time with Arch Manning on Friday and Saturday, and I guarantee you they're going to stay on Sunday too. And so everybody that's, you know, being pissed off about the 11 o'clock starts, that's actually good. So, you know, night game, Sark is focused from morning till game time at seven and recruiting is backseat. You got to win the game here. Arch Manning, enjoy your morning. I'll see you at about two o'clock, you know, three o'clock. And then I get to spend the rest of the day with you. This is a positive in recruiting. So as much as we as fans don't love 11 o'clock starts, these are you know, and this is easily the biggest recruiting weekend of our season. It is everything. What's the entourage? Yeah, what's the entourage like? So we have official visitors. We have Jacoby Matthews, the safety, um, looking good there. Malik Agbo, looking good there. We were out of his top five. He saw what Sark was doing on offense. He's taken an official visit. We have Ernest Green out of California as well. Um, or sorry, Agbo's from Washington. Ernest Green from California, he's coming in as well. That's two big offensive lines. We have Quincy Wiggins. Um, he's from Baton Rouge. And I mean, when was the last time we had a Baton Rouge guy come in here um, on an official visit? As well as we have somebody that we're looking really great with in Larry Turner Gooden, hyphen, um, former Arizona State commit, current Arizona State decommit and looking very good. It, right now, it looks like it's between Texas and Penn State. Um, and then here's the unofficial visitor, visitor list, and things are getting good. Number one, we have Arch Manning. I already talked about him. Number two, Ruben Owens. Number three, Jonte Cook. There's already talks about them being a package deal, triplets, that sort of thing. Um we also have Will Randall, who is the tight end for Arch Manning currently at his high school. We've already offered him. That is a very much committable offer. If Will Randall gets blown away, that's only an extra check and positive in the Texas book for Arch Manning. Um, we have Jalen Hale, uh, Vernon Glover, uh, Anthony Hill, five-star out of Denton Ryan, huge. Um, and then we got, you know, some of our guys, we got Cole Hudson coming in, Connor Robertson coming in, Brian Allen coming in, Derek Brown, um, TJ Shanahan, five-star offensive lineman, 2023. He's at Austin Westlake ready for this one. Burnan's bitch Jaleel Skinner, even though he committed to Alabama last week, coming in for an unofficial visit for this game. Let's see how this ends up. And then the last one. People are probably pretty excited. Former Texas commit, Evan Stewart is coming in. Um, do you think Evan Stewart might be a little excited about Sark's offense after he saw Xavier Worthy get 11 catches for 11 billion yards? I think so. So uh, this visitor list is impeccable. It is better than any visitor list me, that I've seen. What you're telling anybody. me is... is- is the South End Zone may not actually be empty this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. That's a conversation for another they podcast. They actually have all the seats taken. That is another conversation for another podcast because that needs to be fixed in the foreseeable, foreseeable future. But right now, if you go out there and you show these commits a great time, a great atmosphere, a great offense, a solid defense, opportunities for playing time. This could be the biggest recruiting weekend Texas has had in years, years and years and years. This could be, I mean, if Arch Manning goes out and sees that Sark can put up a fucking 50 burger on Oklahoma State, who's supposed to have the best defense in the Big 12, forget about it. Because right now, I'm, here's here's a little thing. Arch Manning's top. He's not going to release the top schools or whatever. It is Texas at number one, and then it's everybody else well below. I at this point, the Manning see too much possibility about Austin for NIL purposes. Um, it's an opportunity to build your own legacy. He doesn't want to follow somebody. Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Mac Jones is getting drafted at Alabama. He wants to make his own path. And the Manning C dollar signs more than anybody. 
They see the opportunity in Austin. There's no professional sports team. There's no bigger brand in football. We're getting the fucking NIL shit figured out. Us personally can make Arch Manning a fuck ton of money um, coming soon. And I mean, really, he sees Sark and he trusts Sark and he trusts his offense. I mean, if he has Casey Thompson, who was a borderline three, four star, and he's putting this up with him, what is he going to do with all world talent? And especially there's not going to be a bigger name in recruiting than Arch Manning to sell these 2023 and even 2022 kids. Are you telling me Evan Stewart wouldn't be hyped about being Xavier worthy with Arch Manning and throwing touchdown passes? hundred billion percent. We're going to fucking get him. All right. Um, we're going to do a really quick Aggie fact of the week. Let's find it. Aggie fact of the week, number 75. Um, shout out Kyle Umlang, 101 Aggie facts, things every Longhorn should know. Since 2000, Texas A&M has only one 10-win season. Only five Power 5 schools have less. <laughs> they're not getting a 10-win season this year. So this is yeah. Oh. This is they're not yeah, they're they're not getting a 10-win season oh, this man. year. So okay. Street continues. Um, and then I think with that, we are gonna call it for this week because uh, uh we we got a little into it. We got a little heated talking about the game. Um, hey, it's, it's tough to be a, do the fat boy minute when we're just we're 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 still sad boys. I'm still in depression yeah, mode. Sad boys. We'll, we'll give y'all an extra Aggie fact of the week. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll yeah we'll give we'll give y'all an extra fat boy minute in the next one. <laughs> All right, hook them, hook them. <laughs>